back spray, front spray. Every spray. Just a bukkake of beer. A word I didn't think we'd hear on this podcast. I'm not that surprised. Yeah, me either. Have you listened to our podcast? I have not, no. We are wankers. I'm gonna oh, go grab Correct. I can't believe you brought us another IPA. I cannot either. I we asked for not an IPA, and Nick said, fuck yeah. it, I'm gonna bring you an IPA. This is entirely false. It is slander. I said, hey, maybe we should try something else other than an IPA. Correct. Maybe, maybe a dry hop saison. And I said, I agree. Yeah, I'll well, take the, the blame on this one. The last half you brought us was dog water, and the... I mean, that's just false. You guys just need to get better and, taste. Well, I don't know why you didn't bring the dry hop saison. Saison well, was delicious. Because I didn't want it. That was my beer. Biatch! All right, well... Your beer that you didn't even pick up yourself. Correct, yes. <laughs> this is 100 This is correct. Adolfo, tell us what we're drinking. We're drinking from Brave Brewing on the row here. On the Chin West Coast IPA. On the Chin. On the Chin. That school of hard knocks taught you that winners never quit and quitters never win. Mm-hmm. You become... No, you became unstoppable once you understood there is no such thing as a win or lose. There's only win or learn. Experience has no kryptonite. Street smart and punchy. On the Chin is a West Coast IPA that comes out swinging. Brace yourself for a flurry of florals with jabs. Of pine and resin. <laughs> that uh, that's quite a description. That is quite the story you tell there, Brave. So Brave is a relatively new brewery on the row, replacing the bakery. Correct. 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 Yeah. Um, I don't know much about them. I haven't been there. This is gonna be the first beer I've had from them. So, see how it goes. It smells nice. Has a very nice smell. This will also be the first beer I've had. It will not be the first beer I've had from them. Good it color. Is, it's a very looks like a West Coast orangey IPA. color. Very nice. Trying to find it on their website. Okay. Uh, so hmm. Alex, their head brewer, uh, was telling me the other day when I swung by there and grabbed this uh, and had a beer with him uh, that this is he's a he's a California boy and this is his rendition of Sierra Nevada's IPA. Or inspired by, I shouldn't say. I can see that. Oh. I can see that. So if you guys have had Sierra Nevada's IPA before, he uh, tried to emulate it in some ways. Obviously, not exactly no, the same, no. but, but you definitely like. I drank that, and I'm like, I feel like I've had this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, yeah, shout out to Katrina, Alex, and just confirming the other gentleman's name that I met. Brave. Uh, Chris, the owner of Chris Brave. Brave. Chris Brave. Chris Brave. Chris, Chris, Brave. Yeah, Chris Backus, one of the owners. Uh, Katrina, who used to work at Farm Country, uh, is now the tasting room manager there. Mm-hmm. Alex Patil, uh, the head brewer. All great people. Nice. Um, a Cali boy moving to the, to Vancouver or Port Moody seems like a, an interesting choice. Yeah, I believe yeah. Uh, the owners, uh, this is unconfirmed, so I'm just gonna say, take it, take it for what it is. I, I don't know all the details, but if I'm not incorrect, the owners uh, were involved in a tech company in California, and they came up here to buy a brewery. They bought bakery, and they brought Alex with them. Oh, cool. So, hmm. okay. Obviously, feel free to correct me, Katrina or Alex or Chris, uh, but those are the details that I have heard. 
Uh, has he yeah. been there? So he's been there from the jump. Then yeah, all the beers that yeah. are there are his own. All of the beers there is yeah. Very good. It may, this beer makes me want to go try another one. Yeah. Like this is a very good beer. Yeah, I had a sample of their uh, dark lager the other day. Very nice. Uh, and then I had a glass of their hazy IPA, which I think would be right up your guys' alley. Cool. Mm. So what you're cool. saying is we need to go to the row. Yes, correct. We've been trying. I actually got a. Um, you still like haven't a, even been to the row, have you, Adam? Yeah, I have. You have? Yeah, I just got a Facebook, you know those well, you Facebook memories me that come yeah. up? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, not this, sorry, it's not about this row, not about Port Moody row. Okay. But I got a Facebook memory that said it, it was a year ago that we went to the North Van row and first oh, went to right Shaketown. Yeah. Yep already a year ago and yeah, we no. haven't been back and it sucks it's a shame that we haven't been back we have some places we need to go because <clears throat> we need to go to moody row because there's great breweries there that all have very good beers we need to go back to north van and we need to go up to the uh where uh what's his nuts is stinker penticton penticton yeah we, we need to go to Kelowna. we need to go to jackknife and we need to go to portland oh fuck do we ever need we're to basically going to be a traveling podcast so we should so give us again, money. Someone sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, some big company. And we'll give go us drink beer and tell you all we about it. We are accepting donations. Yep. <laughs> we'll start a GoFundMe even. Adam will start in OnlyFans. Yes. Oh, okay. I support this. I could do some ASMR. Yeah. My <laughs> wife did say you would be suited for that. Yeah. You have a very gentle voice. Yeah. I have Soothing, a face if you will. for radio <laughs> microphones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, shall we move into beer news? Shall we? Yeah, get. let's quickly swift off that topic. <laughs> uh, first things first, uh, Swift Brewing opened in Victoria. Nice segue, <laughs> hey? Yes. Um, I don't know a ton about them or their ownership or anything like that. Uh, I believe this used to... It's not Swans. There was another one. Uh, Canoe Brew Pub is what this used to be. Oh, yeah. uh, so they basically mm. bought a brewery... That was a turnkey operation, ready to go. Uh, they revamped it. It's got kind of like '70s vibes this to is it. In Victoria. Uh, yeah. So like you can oh, kind of see that. That's a cool see? can. Kind of see their branding. It's like '70s kind of hippie that's West cool. Coast California vibes Very, to it. Uh, boho. Yes. Yes. Victoria has also got a good brewery scene. Yeah, Victoria is arguably the best yeah. city for beer in Canada, or not in Canada, in oh, Western I think Canada. That is a hot take. There's a lot of good beer in that city. There's also in Victoria, a lot of yeah. good beer in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know what we should do? It's an opinion. Is we should collect all the beers. Every single beer. <laughs> and in sample BC. them in one evening. <laughs> oh. That will, See how far we go. That won't last we long. We do not condone binge drinking. No. <laughs> for anyone else other than ourselves, maybe. Uh, anyways, yeah, congrats, <laughs> congrats to Swift Brewing on opening. Uh, obviously, it makes it a little bit easier when you have a turnkey operation that you can kind of more or less walk into, but yeah. it doesn't come without its trials and tribulations because not every brewery that is operating has good equipment or the right things that you want for your brewery, so I'm sure there was a lot of work behind it, so congrats on that. Um, Continuing on in BC news, uh, the Donnelly Groups, who own mm. Bomber Brewing in East Vancouver, have filed for creditor protection. Which mm. uh, I am not a lawman. Basically, I'm one a step layman. away from bankruptcy. Uh, yeah, it's essentially Nazi. right before they're filing for insolvency. Yeah, uh, so hmm. they're basically doing this to be able to kind of more or less get back on their feet. They own a bunch of other. 
They have a lot of pubs. Places. They're basically like JRG. Yeah, right? like they're they, they're more or less the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they bought Bomber Brewing. I want to say like four-ish years ago. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So hmm. they own Bomber. Uh, so this could have implications on the operations at Bomber. Uh, implications. What that is remains to be seen. Uh, they tried to spin it as a positive to say like, oh, we're just trying to get back on our feet. We'll be perfectly fine, kind of thing. Uh, that of seems course. more like a PR move than yeah. anything to me. But once again, I'm when it comes to like these kinds of like bad finance issues, I don't really have a ton of experience or knowledge on it, so I'm not going to speak to that. I mean, it's tough too when you own so many different entities. Yeah, and you've got to make sure they're all up and running and up to up to snuff and what people expect. So, well, it does make me wonder, like, if they're going to start like cutting off quote unquote dead weight. Where does Bomber fall on their line of like? I mean, I right? can't imagine that Bomber is their biggest money maker. No, no. So, I think they just did it to broaden their portfolio more or less. Yeah, which I'm sure if if they can sell Bomber off them, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. But their other locations as well are like they have a few on Granville, don't they? Where I'm gonna look that up. Those are some. Some high high rent areas that uh, that are gonna come pretty expensive. Oh, I didn't even know this, but something I've seen on Indeed millions of times is something called Free House Collective, which is the uh, essentially the portfolio that um, Donnelly Group owns. So a couple mm -hmm. restaurants slash bars that people would know in the Vancouver area are Sing Sing. Mm -hmm. uh, they own that uh, Belfast Love yep. Public House. Uh, Hundy. Hundy in Yaletown, uh, Isabel's Yaletown, it's Toronto, Toronto. They own a lot of stuff in Toronto too. I don't know how to pronounce that. The Cloth Club in Gastown. Yeah, so they have a yeah. lot of uh, yeah, pretty heavily involved in like Gastown and Yaletown. Up, yeah, which again, like they're not cheap areas. So no, not at all. So I'm sure that's uh, expensive to run. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not going to go too far into that because I don't know all the financial implications, but yeah, yeah. worth worth mentioning. Uh, next piece of beer news. BSG, Brewer Supply Group, uh, has released two new varietals of hops. Oh. Uh, and I will pull up the email and see what they are. Amira, Amira, A-M-I-R-A. Amira? Uh, I will Amira. just read the brief description. From the HVG hop breeding program, Amira boasts wild and domestic hop genetics from Germany, Russia, the UK, and the US, including Brewer's Gold, giving Amira a classic yet slightly herbal aromas with hints of citrus, hmm. uh, similar to Pearl and Hellertow tradition. They also relieved one called HS Grove, which I'm assuming is trying to play off uh, peaches, Stuff like that. They don't really... Uh, orange, papaya, and pine resin are the three things they're saying in that one. Hmm. Papaya they, is an interesting one. Yeah. That could be good. And then they also released some enriched pellets, which is essentially concentrated hot pellets. Uh, Love an enriched pellet. Yeah. Love me a pellet. The ones they released in that were Cascade, Centennial, Cashmere, and Eldorado. So already existing hops, obviously. Hmm. Uh, so should be interesting. I uh, don't have too much to say on that outside of that. Outside of BC, we have uh, Nine Mile Brewing in Saskatoon uh, is closing down their uh, nano brewery slash uh, tasting room. Uh, that being said, they are still operating a much larger production facility, so they're still going to be producing beer. I don't know if hmm. you guys have ever had anything from Nine Mile or not. No. Uh, I've had a couple from them. Uh, 
pretty good. Straightforward beer, nothing like super adventurous, but very clean, very uh, palatable. Uh, they basically said, uh, like everyone and their brother is going to be saying for the next like five to ten years, COVID just brought on a lot of financial troubles and they yeah. couldn't justify it anymore. Hmm. Um, I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of that. Uh, in the coming years, like next two to three years, there'll probably be some closures and or people reeling back their wholesale programs, yeah. so on and so forth, yeah. uh, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, and then the last piece of beer news is Bellwoods Brewing. Uh, I'm assuming you guys have heard of them before? No. No? They're out in uh, Ontario, uh, Toronto area. I'm just going to read the uh, article really quickly. It's only like two or three paragraphs, and I don't want to misrepresent anything, but... Essentially, they won a legal battle with the landlord over a planned uh, location in the Dovercourt Village. I don't know Toronto, so... Uh, verbatim, at almost nine years after it was first announced, Bella's Brewery may finally be on its way to opening the location in Dovercourt Village. Um, the biggest issue they had was, they said, quote-unquote, landlord delays. Um, the landlord, more or less... Uh, I'm trying to find his name here. Pat Johnson, the landlord, essentially agreed to a 20-year lease with Bellwoods on this location and then refused to vacate said location so Bellwoods could start build-out. And this was after Bellwoods paid a $113,000 deposit on the on said location. Hmm. Uh, they've been in a legal battle since May of 2015, basically. Uh, and the... Ontario Supreme Court Justice uh, Senta, missing the first name here, ruled in favor of Bellwoods. Uh, so the landlord has to pay them $6.11 million in damages. Oh, baby. Plus pre-judgment interest and must also vacate the premises within 30 days of the May 11th ruling. And also Bellwoods gets to take possession for the originally agreed to 20-year term. Hmm. The judge also dismissed countersuit from the landlord seeking more than $2 million in damages based on a claim that Bellwoods had breached the lease. So basically, the judge said, fuck off. Man, that that landlord got wrecked. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what happens when you're... Uh, just for you guys' reference, it was Justice Robert Senta of the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. That wrote down. That's wild. Get yeah, wrecked. $6.11 million in damage. That's insane. That's a lot of money. So, yep. congrats to Bellwoods on that. I don't know if they're still planning on opening a location there. There hasn't really been any comment on them, on their end, rather. Uh, but they do have a 20-year lease on this place, so I'm going to guess they're probably going to And a few extra mil location. in their pocket. Yeah, so. never going hmm. to have $6.1 million in your pocket. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for beer news. That's one whole Tyler Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot more useful, too. Yeah. Yep. He just won gold, okay? Get off his nuts. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. That is, I guess that's technically breaking news because it happened while we were recording. Breaking news. Canada won the IIHF World Hockey Championships and the States didn't get a medal. So, nope. fuck you. They lost a lap, yeah. That makes me happy. I mean, I actually don't really care about international competitions outside of like the World Juniors. So, I think it's actually pretty cool that Latvia got a medal. What about the Olympics? Very cool. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of. Mm, really? Yeah. I love the Olympics. Oh. Yeah, I just, Olympics I mean, is... the Olympics in general for like other sports, yes, but like in terms of like hockey and stuff like that, eh. What hockey needs is more best on best, though. Correct. Yeah. It's an absolute travesty that we have not seen Connor McDavid put on a Team Canada jersey. Yeah, like you see the and rosters and stuff like that, and like it's, it's like 
so Who dumb. are some of these guys? Well, yeah. a lot of prospects. Adam Fantilli looked good. Yeah. yeah. Connor like, Garland looked good. The Connor one guy Garland that got the uh, five game suspension for stomping on Nino Niederreiter's oh. ankle. Like was, I didn't even know who f- that I didn't even know who that guy was. Fuck He's what? a, He's a Red, Red Wings guy. prospect. Yeah. He's like a third or fourth liner. Though. Yeah. He came into the league as the like, like highly touted, and he's just floundered. Yeah, I think he's like his career high is like thirty points or yeah, something. Clearly, like that. doesn't have a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Obviously, that, yeah. that's honestly the kid should never play international hockey again. If 100%. he play international or like if he plays NHL next season, he's getting fucking stomped by someone, and not in the same way that he stomped. He's just gonna yeah. get his shit fucking pumped. I just don't understand what goes through someone's head that they're like, I'm gonna stomp on someone's ankle with a fucking yeah, with a blade. skate. Like, so. give your head a shake. Also, Milan Lucic looked very weird with a visor. Because in international competition, you have, you have to wear to, yeah. at least a visor. And oh, and he, was he grandfathered into the NHL with no visor? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and Ryan O'Reilly basically are the only ones. Mm. And um, that other loser that used to be an oiler, Zach Cassian. Oh. Um, but yeah, he looked weird. I saw him and I was like, who is that? Yeah, I, know. I can't see his eyes, just his nose. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's a very prominent nose to yes, see. it's a very prominent nose. But anyway, congratulations to Canada and to Latvia. That's awesome. Yeah, That's cool. it is. They, they I think it's good for the game to see countries like that get medals. Yeah. Yeah, and Germany got silver, so. Yeah. Which, typically speaking, you don't see Germany and Latvia in medals. No. And Switzerland, besides the, so, besides the medal round when it counted, went undefeated. Yeah. So they went 6-0 and in. Did Stutzel play for Germany? No. No. Uh, before we move on to other stuff, I do have one piece of soccer news that I thought was an interesting tidbit. Interesting. Uh, I have NBA news, too. so we. Uh, well, I won't be able to speak on that one. You guys will probably speak on this <laughs> well, we as much as I speak, speak on basketball. On, correct, correct. Uh, so it's all about balance, right? Uh, Leicester City, uh, the club who, I don't remember the exact year off the top of my head, a couple of years back, defied odds. It was 5,000 to 1 odds for them to win the Premier League, and they came and they won it, which is, in my opinion, one of the biggest sports accomplishments period uh i'd say at least top three or four of all time uh have been relegated from the premier league making them only the second team in premier league era football which is i believe started in 91 or 92 uh to get relegated after winning a premier league title it's a big time ouch yeah well i mean they'd have no business winning in the first place correct so yeah it's beauty of football though like any given day any given Sunday. Any given what, what, Saturday? When do they play? Usually Saturdays, yeah. yeah. Any given Saturday. But the real football is Sunday. Both. Um, what are the, let's say, top three biggest uh, like sports underdog runs to the championship I mean, Leicester City has to be one. 5,001 odds and like half of the players on their squad at that time, people didn't even know who they were. Yep. So that, that, that has to be in there. I think that St. Louis Blues team that went from last to winning the Stanley Cup is another one. Yeah, I could see that being out mm. there. The Mighty Ducks. I would have Disney. Put, I would have put underdog story. <laughs> I would have put the that that first LA Kings team as more impressive than the St. Louis Blues. I don't the, remember that one. They came in. That was like the start of like the era of the Kings like, and the Blackhawks taking yeah. over the NHL. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the the first year they won it, uh, the Kings like were the eighth seed. Had no business winning and went sixteen and two Jesus. in that run and like just absolutely destroyed everyone. 
Yeah, so I'm looking at a list right now of the 15 biggest underdog stories. Okay, from, we don't need to go for, through 15. I know, I'm just reading a couple. So Leicester City wins 2015-16 Premier League title at 5,001 odds. Is that number one? Uh, they don't really have a ranked. It's just a list. No. Uh, North Carolina State defeats Houston for the 1983 NCAA Basketball Championship. Oh, and yeah. I remember I'm not watching that one. Uh, Houston had Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler on their roster at that point in college. So Cool. The dream, baby. 83. Would that have been MJ or not quite? Not quite. Not quite. MJ was, I think, 86. Uh, Greece won the 2004 European Championships. Oh, I do remember football. that. That is arguably one of the other biggest soccer underdog stories I, of all time. That was wild, because all of a sudden mm. after that, there's a huge influx of Greek players going into, like, premier leagues yeah. and just not doing well. Why did you well, skip over the Pittsburgh Penguins? The what? Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates defeat New York Yankees in the 1960 World Series. I know nothing about that because it's baseball. So well, you skipped over Pittsburgh. Penguins New Jersey Devils win the 1995 Stanley Cup. Who did they beat? Uh, the, the Red Wings. Oh, I believe. In yeah. 95. Yep. They beat the President's Trophy winning Red Wings. That was Steve Eiserman. Uh, Holly Holm defeats beat Ronda, Ronda Rousey, Rousey in UFC 193, 2015. That's an upset, but I don't think it's Appalachian the State ones. beating Michigan because Michigan was number the number five team in the nation at the point, and uh, at this time it wasn't FBS and FCS divi divisions. It was Division One A, Division One AA, mm. and Appy State was a Double A AA at this point, which means they were had no business even being in that game. Uh, New England huh. Patriots win Super Bowl 36. That's the Seahawks. Is that the pick? Is it the Seahawks one? That must no, be. 36 is no. the against the Rams. Oh, really? Yeah. It would have been the greatest show on turf. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady's first year. Uh, Buster Douglas defeats Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, da -da -da. New York Jets defeat the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl 3. Oh, that's old. <laughs> that's <laughs> real old. Okay. Probably the last time they won it. No. The miracle on ice. Yeah. I'm do you believe in miracles? Yes, I do. What America. about then? You should include Canada beating the Soviets. Then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The Soviet. Yeah. That's just a quick the list of Soviet it. Soviet Union. I mean, up for, up for I mean, opinions, but Leicester City is definitely in the top three of all sports. Five thousand and one odds is absolute insanity. Imagine if you put like twenty bucks on that. That would be about a hundred thousand dollars. That would be nice. <laughs> Should have done that. I think someone did win a cool mill off I, that. I think, yeah, there was that. a couple people that won, like, pretty substantial wins off of that. A couple people put, like, $20 ones. I think one person put a $100 bet on it. Hmm. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, okay, Anyways. well, let's move on to basketball then, because it'll be a couple quick ones. Um, I know nothing about any of this. Uh, I think... The two most interesting things right now, currently, is obviously the Celtics are Fuck, now one win away from being the only NBA team ever to come back down from 0-3 in a playoff series and win. But they still have to win that fourth game, and Nick just yes. left because we started talking about Yesterday's basketball. Yesterday's game, though, that finish might have been one of the wildest finishes I've seen in a basketball game in a long time. Because live, Potentially I was like, there's ever. no way that's that's good. Potentially and ever. And the replay, they slow it down. It's very clearly out of his hands before the backboard goes red. And I'm like, fuck. Point one of a second. Yeah. That close to being eliminated. They should have been eliminated. Like, I, I'm rooting for the Heat here, but this has been a fun series to watch. You have to think Celtics have all the momentum now. Especially after that. Yeah. Especially after how that game ended. 
they've had the momentum this whole from that game on, from game four on, they've been on a heater. Yeah. And the Nuggets are probably just sitting back, relaxed, being like, I think. Come on. I think the Nuggets beat either team. Yeah, especially because one's going seven and one went four. Four. Correct. But I think regardless, I just look at these teams and I'm like, the Nuggets just seem like the better team overall compared. Well, they have the best player. Yeah, Jamal Murray. <laughs> Correct. I heard an interesting comparison the other day from one of my coworkers at the old Yellow Dog. Uh, he compared Jimmy Butler to be the basketball's version of Matthew Kachuk. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Michael Jordan comparison. No. The millennials, Michael Jordan, is what they also called him. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. He's actually There's like, a conspiracy theory he's that Michael he's Jordan's Michael Jordan, son win a Michael Jordan's championship son, yeah. first. Yeah, he's Michael Jordan's son. Hmm. I'm convinced. Um, Jimmy Butler, at, why would he be... Why? I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't, They didn't really expand on it, but I thought... Uh, the main reason that I thought he was saying it is because uh, he's basically a one-man show carrying his team on his back and gritty. Except that is not what's happening in Florida, in, in the Panthers. I mean, Kachuk has been a huge part of their Kachuk success. Has been very good. He's won them multiple games in the playoffs. So has Bobrovsky. Correct. Yes. Wherever. Jimmy Butler has not. Jimmy Butler is a Sergei Bobrovsky of the Heat. Yeah. Like, Kachuk's been incredible, but, like, it's Bobrovsky that's going to win the con Smythe. I think a big part of it is that they play a very grindy style of, of game. Like, Jimmy yeah. Butler isn't flash and dash, I guess. Neither is Kachuk, for the most part. No, Kachuk is a big year ass down kind of Speaking guy. of Bobrovsky, did you guys watch the video I sent yes. of Charles Barkley trying, trying to, to pronounce it? Pronounce his oh, yeah, name. It was so good. Uh, I was impressed that Matt Kachuk got onto the NBA pre Charles Barkley is a big fan of hockey. In like the last two years, he's gotten really into it. He talks about hockey regularly on broadcasts. To be like a color commentator, yeah, it would be awesome. Or just like on the panel for any of the NHL networks, he would not be able to pronounce probably ninety percent of the names. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Anyone, anyone European, he would butcher the name. It would be funnier than like when Don Cherry would refer to people as like Bieska or who else did he? Who are those names that he butcher? Oh, a lot. Many, all of them. A lot. Yeah, I think. Uh, Matt Kachuk is uh, quickly becoming one of the most important players in the NHL. And the reason why I say that is because you have someone like Connor McDavid, who's clearly the best. Skill-wise, yeah. But has zero personality. Oh, yeah. Less than zero, I would say. Yeah. And you have someone like Matt Kachuk, who's, who's just as, like doesn't put up the same amount of points, but I would say just as dominant and just as important to his team Yeah. as... Connor McDavid is, but you don't see Connor McDavid on NBA on t- the biggest sports. Uh, yeah. What would you say show? I guess in, yeah. In probably in North America, is TNT, and that's exactly what the NHL is missing: is personality. <coughs> and Big like, time. He's going to be the face of a lot of things, and the, I bet you he goes under the cover. Yeah, they miss. The they're missing like a, f- a poster boy. Like well, the NBA has it. LeBron. Has the NHL's had yeah. their two poster boys, and they've both been. Dry person like Sidney Crosby has no personality either. Like no, he is he just—he's also a blanket. Sin, um, uh, McDavid is also the same thing. 
Um, Ovechkin for a period of time, but he Ovechkin was like, Ovechkin had has a personality, but I think as he his kind personality of is into, Putin's friend basically. Now it is. <laughs> yeah, but as he fades into slowly retiring, like you need someone that's like a Kachuk who's willing to take on the spotlight and have a personality. Yeah, some of the best players in the NHL just are so boring. Boring. Yeah, and that's what kind of sucks about the game is like you have your McDavid and he's just like dry. Well, that's why the NBA is interesting because you have a lot of personalities. So I think many. the NBA game now is a lot more boring than it was before because all they do is fucking pull up and shoot threes. Yeah. Thanks, Steph Curry. But like, yeah, I mean, Steph Curry, but people keep watching because everyone has. The problem is with Steph Curry, like, he does it and he's exciting to watch and it's his thing. But like, when you watch other people, like yesterday, Duncan Robinson did it, pulled up, could have won the game from like, well outside the three-point line. Like, why are you, who are you? Like, you shouldn't be taking that shot. But like, I'm sick of seeing, like, I've, I've, you're uh, lucky to see, like, any team under 45 three-point attempts in a game. Oh, yeah. That and sounds boring. Insane. Boring. Yeah, That's why I like boring. watching, like, Jason Tatum's fun to watch because he drives. Yeah. Like, he takes it to the hole. Why do you Jimmy think... Butler's the same thing. Like, he's not much of a three-point shooter, so he'll look for that mid-range. Yeah. Why do you think any slam dunk is all over any highlight? Because you rarely see it anymore. Because yeah, everyone just hmm. shoots threes. Glad I don't watch basketball anymore. Anyway, my last thing on basketball was uh, the Bucks just hired Adrian Griffin, who is uh, the Raptors', Raptors assistant. assistant coach. Yeah. So now the Raptors are without uh, Nick Nurse and their assistant coach that took them to a championship in Did you guys not so. want to talk about uh, Steve Nash being linked with the job there? No, because it's not going to happen, and he's not the right person, so that's it. That's no, not. I mean, that's your opinion. I don't think you should do it. Or I don't think they should hire him. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to weigh in on, like, whether or not they should. I just thought it was interesting that I think it's a due diligence thing, right? Like, I think they're, they're also doing it because he's a Canadian, and he's a big name. It'd be an interesting one to bring in. Um, I think hiring someone because... They represent your country as a player is a bad idea as a coach. Yes. Yes. Right. Which is why I don't think... Your playing true. career means nothing about your coaching career. No. Look at Wayne Gretzky. He was... He was not good. A subpar he coach can, at he, best. Those who do, don't teach. Yeah. Pretty much. That was the teach, teach gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. There's been a couple of names thrown about for, for the Raptors job, and just none of them excite me. No. Well, I don't know who I want to coach, but I'd rather bring back Nick Nurse. No. I have a feeling they're not going to do that. They won't. Dwayne Casey. Dwayne, take him out of Detroit. Sam anyway. Mitchell, bring back Sam Mitchell. Ugh. Anyway, that's it for basketball. Um, are we ready for Yeasties, or what are we, what are we thinking? Uh, give me like another. I need some more five. time. Um, do we want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins? Sure. Released. So, one, how do you not find a trade suitor? Were they asking too much? Or were... I don't think teams were able to fit him under the cap. Yeah. Is what I think it was. And I don't think... And this is all speculation. I don't think Arizona was willing to take back salary to make it work. I'm hmm. also assuming they released him at this time due to cap hits changing. Yes. Okay. Um, I... It's interesting to me because he's like he's an older. That's the other thing too, right? He's an older wide receiver, so a lot of teams aren't willing to really 
but still has some of the best much. hands in the league. Yeah, fair. Like I don't like I, I think his value's there. I just think teams don't want a nineteen million dollar cap hit coming their way. Hmm. Is that what it is? Nineteen million. Yep. Good God. Yeah, For a wide receiver, that's a lot. I mean, when he signed the contract, he was by far the best wide receiver in the league. He is going to the Bills or Kansas City, in my opinion. You think so? I could see him going to Kansas City. I'd love to see him go to the Chargers for a reduced salary, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'd love to see him go to the Patriots, too. Patriots are also a team that are apparently in the running. Yeah, I don't think the Chargers are even in the picture. No, because you guys already have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and you just picked up that Quentin Johnson. So I think yeah, and another a guy we picked in the fourth round from TCU yeah. as well. The Chiefs, the Chiefs need a wide receiver. The Chiefs and need a wide receiver. the Patriots need a wide receiver. Yeah. So those two teams make sense. I think the Bills make sense as well because they only have Stephon Diggs. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be willing to take less money. Well, I mean, he's getting his his money regardless so he's probably going to sign for cheap yeah I feel I mean, like there was probably a decent chunk of guaranteed money in that contract yeah. I would assume I feel like Hopkins probably at the point where he wants a championship more yeah. so yeah. so he's looking and at the Bills think. or the Chiefs in my opinion well yeah exactly um, yeah like I don't think the, the Patriots are, are close nope no they're not sure not they're not even a playoff team right now no they're not a playoff team with DeAndre Hopkins to be honest nope but again it it depends on what's being offered because if he goes to the Pats, he's automatically their number one target. They're gonna get targets there. Just don't know if he's gonna go to the Pats. I really, I believe he's going to the Bills or the or the Chiefs. This probably be those are the two, two options fans. that I could almost almost guarantee him a Super Bowl. Uh, well, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, you want the two best quarterbacks in the league to throw to you. Another rumor ha- out there that I've seen is that uh, Philly's very heavy in on him. And weren't the Jets there too a little bit? They are, but like you look at that Jets wide receiver room and you're like, dude, like, how are you going to fit everyone on the team? Like, You're going to yeah. make cuts already? Like, They already have Alan Lazard. Uh, they have, what's his name? Wilson. Had a couple other guys that they added. Recently. Another guy also from... Uh, um, also, that played Randall Cobb. Don't they yep. have him too? They have Cobb. So it's just like, does Randall Cobb just follow Aaron Rodgers? Aaron yes. Rodgers? Yeah. Does he not go anywhere independently? Did you see that video of Aaron Rodgers at the Taylor Swift concert? No. It was hilarious. Anyway, that's basically it for the NFL, except for the fact that Tom Brady is now a part, part owner, owner of the, the Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I do have another piece of news. So I guess I'm a Raiders fan now. <laughs> 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 uh, just to touch on the Jets wide receivers, we forgot a couple other names. Uh, Michael Hardman. Yep. Uh, Corey Davis. Yep. And then everyone else I don't know. So, so and they also have Tyler Conklin as their tight all end. All so. receivers past their prime except Garrett Wilson. Pretty much, Correct. Yeah. Uh Corey Davis, if he can stay healthy, is suitable wide receiver. But the if he can stay healthy is the biggest part. So uh, yeah, he needs yeah. another target if yeah. Aaron Rodgers wants any hope of yeah. winning something. Uh, the Washington Commanders Brees Hall. had their trademark of the name Commanders denied. Interesting. Oh. So they might be heading for a possible rebrand. Again? Yep. Uh, I'm pulling up the article I from Sports Illustrated. Uh, I want to say why. 
essentially, it got denied, one, because the Commander's Classic, which is the annual football game between Army and Air Force, already oh, has yeah. that. And then two previous trademarks for the Washington Space uh, Commanders and Walsh Washington Wolf Commanders were made by a man named Martin McCauley, who lives in D.C. So essentially, unless they can get those <laughs> groups to agree to give up their trademarks, the Commanders are probably not going to be the commanders for very long. You'd think they'd research that before they renamed their team. Yeah, you would think you so. You would think so. But this is also a team that names their team yes, what it was before. They are... No, I meant oh. what it was before. <laughs> yeah. They are, in I my opinion... I didn't mind the commander's name. I, liked, I, I really liked what they did with their logo and their jersey. Yeah. But... They're probably going to go for another rebrand. I can't imagine you would allow a professional sports organization to not have a... Uh, trademark on its own name. I feel sorry for any Washington fans that bought that jersey. Or the other jersey, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. My father-in-law has the old logo tattooed on his arm. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. It's an interesting choice. Yeah. Is he a fan of them? Oh, Die Hard. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure he didn't like it because of the logo and not no, because no. of the team. Die, die Hard. Okay. Right. Uh, well. man, as much as I love sports, I would never get a sports team's logo tattooed on I wouldn't get the logo, but I want to get like a Vikings theme yeah. tattoo. Yeah. Like a Viking kind of thing without having to do like the Vikings logo. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only one that I think would look good. Like I wouldn't be able to do a Canucks jersey or a Canucks logo without it being like a giant fucking orca. Which is dumb. Yeah. 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 So they're going to either, A, have to convince those people to have their trademarks or purchase them from them, which is quite possible. Like, that is also a viable possibility for them to do that. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to come with a hefty price tag. Uh, or they're going to have to rebrand, which it. will Teams also be a hefty price tag. Dollars. They just got sold, right? Or bought? Uh, like, what's his name? Snyder is getting Snyder's more out. or less forced out. Yeah. I don't know if he's which, officially out yet, good. but he's yeah. on the way out. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Scumbag. Huh, yeah. I forgot to bring that up, see what you guys thought of it. I didn't. I had not heard of that until you just mentioned that. So that's yeah. I think it's kind of flying under the radar, because I haven't seen it talked about on any of the sports channels either. So. Cause the only thing I saw recently about the Washington Commanders was a, a re-rendition of their W logo. Yeah. But that's all I see. A re-rendition. Yeah. Like oh, is it that girl that keeps redesigning? I don't know NFL if it was her, logos. but I just saw it and it was like their actual W and the one that she or they designed. And I'm like, fuck, that's so much nicer. There's so many of those going around. And for like every good one she does, there's also a, just a the horrendous one. one. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't remember which one she did where I was like, holy shit, that team needs to switch to that logo like ASAP. Wasn't it the. Vikings? I love the Vikings one. The Vikings one was, it was good. Like a Minnesota formed into the shape, or an M uh, formed into the shape of a Viking helmet. Yeah. Which I thought yeah, was Yeah, but awesome. I like I like the Vikings logo right now. I mean, I do too, but I, I think that like at some point you have to modernize, right? I think it was the Browns one or the Lions. Oh, one. the Browns Browns one was nice because I fucking hate the Browns logo now. But what is what, the Browns logo? It's the a brown the helmet? helmet. Yeah. No, you're called the Browns, and your logo is an orange helmet. Orange that brown. That makes sense. No, it's orange. Orange brown. <laughs> no, it, it's orange. If orange you look brown. at it, it's orange. Orange brown. They're the oranges. They're what the is orange brown? Rust. Yeah. No, it's not. 
Are you looking up the color of the brown's helmet right now? It's orange. <laughs> orange brown. There's oh. no brown in there. There's brown up there. All praise be to that dog pound. This oh, this is the logo they should go with. <laughs> this makes way more sense. I to can't me. see. What is it? Would you not agree? The the dog. Oh yeah, I love is that the dog. Not where they should. Yeah, is I that not that the dog. logo that, that should be their primary? Yeah. It's it's russet. That's the color. Like the potato. That's like, not russet. I've like never seen potato. a potato that's <laughs> that bright orange. Have you never had a sweet potato life. in your life? Yeah. That's a potato. Well, maybe the inside. No, the skin. There's orange plush sweet potatoes. I don't we know have, why we're talking yeah, about potatoes. Yeah, we have no, really gone off not the rails here. Anywhere okay. close Thank you, to Browns. brown. Anyways. Um, all right. <laughs> Bringing it back to the beer. Do better and get a better logo. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that completely. Where are we at with these seas? Uh, you brought the beer, technically. Technically. You go first. So, I'm going to go with an 8.8. .8. Ooh, you really like this. I am a big fan. It's a very easy-drinking West Coast. Um, it does remind me of a better Sierra Nevada. Like, a, Sierra Nevada is one of those where if they, I go to the States, it's they generally every fuck fucking bar. And I'll have that. It's bit. the fatty tea of America. It, it is the fatty tea of America, but I yeah. like it more than the fatty tea because fatty tea to me is just like, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Um, the maltiness, the resin, the pine, and there's like that little bit of like orange in there that I'm like, yep. I, f I fuck with this hard. Like I'm taking the fourth one home. I, I would assume so. <laughs> I bought myself a four pack good. just for myself. Good, good. Because I liked it so much. Yeah. 8.8. Uh, I'm gonna give this a 9.1. I think this is absolutely fantastic. I love this beer. It's like it's got enough hop character in the nose and the taste, like tons of grapefruit, tons of orange, just a hint of like that pine resin kind of thing going on in the back end, but it's not super abrasive either. Like it is a pretty approachable West Coast IPA, yeah, I would say, yeah, which I like. Uh, I also enjoy the fact that it's 6.1% rather than like 6.8 or 7 like Fat Tug is. Mm. So you could have more than one and not be on your ass. Dummy. Yeah. Um, I do like the malt character as well. A little bit of like caramel, bread crust kind of thing, but it's not like super sweet. It doesn't like coat your palate. Yeah. It's just a really, really well balanced West Coast IPA. So I'm going to go like 9.1. 9.1. I really like this beer. Um, I'm not on the same page as either of you. Um, I like it. I don't think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's well-balanced, but there's something missing in it, and I can't... You want more bitterness out of it? Or? Um, no, it's bitter enough. Um, it's kind of like some wines you drink where, like, you you first drink it and it's got like a good mouthfeel and a good taste on the front end and then it disappears pretty quickly hmm. yeah for me like it just kind of it it's i first drink it and i'm like this is good and then as i'm finishing my sip it like completely disappears for me interesting see i kind of like that about it though like it's not like coating your palate like makes you want to drink a bit more more of it excuse me hmm see i feel the opposite okay. Um, all that being said, though, like, like I said at the top, it is a, it is a well-balanced beer. It's a beer that I would drink again. Um, but 
I, I, I'm, it's definitely not a nine for me. I was gonna go like seven point five. Okay, yeah, so it's not that's like respectable. It's still higher than most good, of your, good, but your not favorite beers. Yeah. yeah, like again, I would get it again. Yeah, and like it's definitely, it's definitely like crushable. Very crushable. But it's just like for some reason there's something that's happening or not happening as I continue to drink it and it kind of just like see like that whole like, like dis- disappearing disappearing act that you're talking about at the end there is like where I I keep going back for more sips so yeah. like, I want that like hmm. first taste again so just it's probably why I've drank yeah I would say it's like got it's really well balanced but to me not a whole lot of depth to it yeah interesting fair. okay I mean West Coast IPAs typically are not balanced beers at all so it's cool to have Something that is actually got You're some right, though, for a West balance. Coast IPA, it's a very well done West Coast IPA. Yeah, it's very very old school as well. Like Sierra Nevada, it's very old school. Mm-hmm. So like, but to me, to give a beer like an over a nine has to be like an absolutely exceptional, like one of the best beers of this variety I've ever had, and that's fair enough. Not even close. Yeah, that is why our yeasty scales are all over the place because none of us have a real standardized. But they at some all point, make sense. <laughs> at, at some point, we will standardize them. Until then, eh, do we? Eh, maybe not. We'll standardize them when someone sponsors us. Do, <laughs> do I want to put the effort in to standardize them? No. Well, the thing about our yeasties so. is they're all very like individual, right? So, what I like in a beer is going to be different than what you two yeah, well, yeah, are going to like. So, and like every palate's different, right? Yeah. So, like you guys, for instance, last last episode, you guys hated that coconut hefeweizen oh. i actually quite enjoyed it i don't think i would like necessarily search it out i have nightmares. but i would drink it again quite happily <laughs> you guys beer. hated it that beer gives me nightmares so every palate's different so Some take our opinions for what they yep. what they are opinions from three guys sitting around a microphone sitting at a kitchen table correct yeah that we don't own anymore i mean i own it that's true oh the kitchen table not the, the kitchen house. table not yeah. the house yeah. This is no longer your peer The place. recording studio will change. Should I start calling where I live White Rock? Should I be one of those wankers? Oh, my God. Um, why? Because I'm going to be living in South Surrey. That's not White Rock. I know. I'm making. A, I'm taking a shot at people that call South Surrey White Rock. Who does that? A lot, a lot of people, people that really? live in South yeah. Surrey say, oh, I live in White Rock. No. Because they don't want to say Surrey. No, oh, you live in South I Surrey. See. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, will not be one South. of those wankers. So. Just so you live around. I live within walking distance of White Rock. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, technically, so do I. I mean, all, all, all <laughs> I mean, we all do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways. Anywho. Um, after this, one of our... My co-hosts here is going to fucking Mexico. So we might never see him again. Viva la Mexico! Yes. Uh, you will see me. I will also visit some breweries and bring back some Mexicano cerveza. Do they have breweries in Mexico? I actually yeah. looked a couple up, and there's Baja a brewing? there's a couple that are like really, really high rated. Oh, really? That I'm curious to check. A out. lot of them do they all do like variations of Corona? No, I think it's like <laughs> I think there's like a couple that are like legit craft. Interesting. Breweries. A lot of breweries in uh, countries like this that don't quite have like a fully developed craft beer scene yet are expats from like excuse me Canada or. The United States that move, move there uh, because there's like usually a group of people that have a lot of money but don't know a thing about craft brewing, so they go there to like help them open it up, brew their beer, so on and so forth, blah blah blah. Um, there's kind of like Canadians going on to like 
China and South Korea to play hockey and stuff like that. Mm. Um, there's one in Oaxaca where we're spending most of our time, literally called Oaxaca Brewing Company. And apparently they're is like... Is that how you pronounce that? Oaxaca? Yeah. Mm. The X is not an X. I didn't think so. I just never knew how to pronounce it. Um, I had American. to look that up because I kept saying not Oaxaca. What were you say saying before? Oaxaca? Oaxaca? Oaxaca or something Oaxaca? Like I said I think it like a lot a of people person. say Oaxaca. But their current tap list right now, it's pretty small, but apparently it's all like very, very good. They have a, a West what? Coast IPA. Okay. They have a, a Raspberry Sour. They have a Chaka... Chakahua Rye IPA. I'm gonna guess he did not pronounce that I'm correctly. I'm assuming. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna pronounce the next three. Hab- Why don't you let Adolfo do it? Habanero Maracuya. Oh. Pilsner. Coco Dark Pilsner. On Negra Chocolate. Whoa, and easy there. Dark strong, Chocolate. I'm assuming. Strong <laughs> ale. Strong. You might get us canceled if you say that again. All right. I said so. Negra. <laughs> Habanero Maracuya Pilsner. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. It sounded exactly <laughs> like Adam. Probably going to be fucking delicious. Maracuya what? is a fruit. It's got like it's a... It's not big, passion fruit, is it? It is. Oh, it is passion yeah, yeah, yeah. fruit. Okay. Maracuya. I couldn't remember the, the word But I think it tastes different. Fruit. Like, when we went to El Salvador, Alana was drinking maracuya and like rum or something like that at our... That, that sounds, sounds fantastic, our, yeah. Um, where the fuck were we? Resort for a bit, oh. yeah. And yeah, like she was just crushing that for a yeah, while. A couple, a couple of those on the beach could get yeah, you there. Yeah. So cacao, dark pilsner collab con reina negra chocolate. Yep. Interesting. So that's a dark. You guys chocolate. sound exactly the same when you pronounce Spanish words, by the way. So that's a cacao dark pilsner with dark chocolate. Yeah. So it's a very dark pilsner. Yes. Interesting. Like their take on it. Yeah. Schwartz beer of sorts. Yeah. Or Czech dark lager. So a strong ale collab con. Catadoras and Cervezadas. Cervezadas? In Mexico. That's a weird... That seems wrong. But it just seems like a collab. For those of you who don't know, Adolfo does speak Spanish fluently. Yes. So when he says, this sounds wrong, it's not just me or Adam. We don't speak (laughs) Spanish fluently saying it sounds wrong. Um, Anyway, they have, like, quite a huge... um, I kind of appreciate that they don't have, like, a massive... Uh, tapless, because at least they can f- find the like find the right recipe for the ones that they have and put them out. Do they can or bottle? Because I find that a lot of craft breweries in in countries that, like I said, that have an underdeveloped craft beer scene, they typically bottle their beer. It seems to be pretty big in South and Central America as well. Um, I think yeah. a lot of the time with at least Central America is because. The bottles are worth more, and they can reuse them. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of breweries will like take bottles back, yeah. wash them, reuse them. Kind Whereas of cans, it's kind it of like looks a one time like thing. Bottles also looks like I would they assume have, bottles. Looks also looks like they have burgers, hamburguesas. Yes, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> anyway, I'm definitely gonna go check out a few. Do they have gluten-free options for your wife? Probably not, but she'll she's learned to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I know she doesn't listen, but congrats, Chelsea, on graduating. Yeah. Dr. Chelsea. Doctor. I'm married to a doctor. Yes. I'm a guy that works at a brewery and talks about beer on a podcast, and I'm married to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you married that up. Is, oh, yeah. The, as long as that, she doesn't realize that, you're golden. That is the American dream. <laughs> but it's Canadian. But it's Canadian. 
Um, the other one I want to check out is this place called uh, La Santissima Flor di Lupolo. What is that description? <laughs> yeah, there? Precisely. So, Santissima Flor de Lupolo. Wow, that sounds fancy. It sounds a lot better when he it's says that. I'm like okay, half so hard right now. All, they, <laughs> all it is, it's a nano craft brewery that's beer made in-house. Uh, simple, but they are the best at what they do. And they like that. barrel it. Oh, okay. Just straight shaft down the barrel. Um, none of these places have websites. That, but they're... It looks like a weird. This is like their uh, menu, which just seems confusing. But it also had got a really high rating in Oaxaca, so like I'm curious to check it out. Okay, um, so from their own, so apparently they're two breweries. Oh. So within there, they have their own beer. So they have. Oh no, so what they've done here, I get it. They've done it in English and Spanish. So the left side is Spanish, the right side's English. So Spanglish. Hmm. No, they've just broken it up. Um, so made in our house, brew, made in our brew house just outside of Oaxaca, asked for today's style. So I'm assuming their styles change daily. Hmm. Uh, you get a flight of three for a hundred. Pesos? Is that what they... Yeah, Mexico yeah, pesos. pesos, yeah. yeah. Or are you going to get a flight and bird? They're cool, they just say call it a bird. A hundred pesos, that's like... Five bucks? A dollar? <laughs> it's cheap. I just, I just learned the conversion rate because I just got some pesos in cash. But a flight and bird gets you... Is, is. Sorry, a flight and bird is 150 pesos. Hmm. Which is cheap. But they also have their, their like generic like Dos Equis Lager, Dos Equis Amber, which they call Ambar. <laughs> Tecate Light. Ambar. Ambar. Uh, Bohemia, which I've never heard of or seen here, so I'm assuming that's like a straight Mexican beer. Hmm. Um, and you can add to them, so you can add Sueto, which is what they call spirits. You can make it a Michelada, or you can add Clamato. Well, I'm definitely going to have some micheladas. Are you a fan of micheladas? I do like them sometimes. <laughs> I do like them sometimes. It's i got to be in the right mood. Yeah, and, I think and that's if I'm the thing. in Mexico, I'll probably be in the right mood. Yeah. You know? um, have you and will you be trying tacos de Nepal? Is that... Cactus. Uh, I, I've had that. And? I've always been intrigued by nopal tacos. I've never had them. Is that the cactus inside the taco, or yes. the the cactus leaf? No, this is like the, the the taco has cactus inside. Sorry, I mean, a taco you... that has a cactus leaf as a shell. No, no. well, there, I'm I'm sure that's happened. Oh. I think it's pretty rare, but um, no, I have had it, and it's been good. Hmm. Um, I mean, with cactus, if you just braise it like you would braise meat, so like low and slow for a few hours it'll get tender enough where you won't even really notice does it have a flavor i mean by itself i'm sure it does but like i think it's pretty like celery like oh i'm out but like if you braise it with like you know your chipotles and your mm. mexican spices and stuff like that like it'll just taste like deliciousness like asado or something like that 
So it depends how it's prepared. The food is the only reason I would go to Mexico. I've never been. I mean, I've heard the street food's really good. I've heard the... There's like... Oaxaca's like basically... Well, that's where they produce like the most mezcal in the world. Yeah. So if you like mezcal, which I love... So you're going to be getting fucking hammered. On mezcal, yeah. Yeah. Does your wife drink mezcal? Yeah, she loves it. Okay. So I'm definitely going to bring back a few bottles. Mezcal is like the smokier version of tequila, correct? Yeah. Produced never, in I've never way. had any. So well, you will in a couple weeks. Okay. So I'll bring back a bottle. Um, but it's like become like, uh, <clears throat> well, Mexico City, where we're going to be for a few days, is like, a, like one of the food capitals of the meccas of the entire world now. Oh. Like a lot of like really high-end restaurants have popped up there. Hmm. Same with Oaxaca. We're going to one on my birthday. Yeah, you said it was like the number two ranked restaurant in the, in the entire world. world. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. And it's awesome because it's Mexico, so it's still like cheap. fairly cheap. Yeah. yeah. Like as far as like a fine dining restaurant goes, it's like you had to sign up for like the, the tasting menu. So it's like a eight course tasting menu with like wine and liquor pairings and it's like 180 American oh. a person. That'll just do like, just fine. Bad. Anyway, very nice. So yeah. Are you going to a resort at all, or are you just going straight to? You're just gonna be raw dogging it in Mexico. <laughs> you know? I don't. I don't know. Uh, about, yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to do that. Well, yeah. No, just hotels. Cool. cool. Hostels or just hotels? Hotels. Yeah. Hostels. Sketch me. We were oh. trying to, like, we know a couple people that lived, lived or lived down there, and they were like go stay like in this area and in this area yeah so we just looked at hotels in those areas to try and you know not get kidnapped yeah that would be nice <laughs> I can speak for all of us and saying I'd rather you guys not get kidnapped yeah I want still. to come back yeah okay. yeah fair enough cool. well maybe I don't well, we'll see you never know we'll yeah see. worst case scenario is we have somewhere to go in Mexico yep that's true there you go anywho hockey 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 we may as well yeah that's the last big... There's lots to talk about. Is there lots? There's a bit. There's some. Since we... There's, there's a big hiring we in Calgary. last. Yeah, there's a, been a hiring in Calgary. There's been a... Still more developments in that frickin' Toronto Maple Leafs thing, which is just... Bizarre. Wild to me. You guys want any more of this? Or... I want more beer, yes. Okay, I shall get more beer. You guys can talk about the Calgary Flames. Pause. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just go because I mean Adolfo's not really a fan either. But um, I mean, I, I'm somewhat aware of what's happening. So the Flames hired Craig Conroy, former. Uh, yeah, sure. Give give Adolfo that Coco Bison in there. That I see. <laughs> um, the Flames hired Craig Conroy, former Flame, as their new. General manager. Um, it's. Let me just crack this B. Oh. And you like this hire, right? Like, it's not something that you're like, it's a stupid move. Um. I think it's the. I think it's a safe move, but I think it's the right move. I like it sense. personally as an outsider's perspective because it's not the old boys' club. Like, you're not recycling a GM that's been. A GM elsewhere. Yeah, so there's a, obviously a, an element of like... Familiarity? 
familiar, but like also like you don't know what you're getting out of him because he's never been a GM before. Yeah. Right. So you don't know how he's going to act. Um, I I just I say it's the safe move because like he's been in the organization for 14 years in the yeah. front office. He's been an AGM for 12 of those years. So it's the right move in that he knows the organization inside and out. You'd hope. Yeah. Um, I just say safe move because I think the Flames. Uh, ownership needed to save face a little bit. Yeah. Um, they needed something that was going to make the fans happy, and I think they did that. Um, I think it was. So I don't know if Craig Conroy has the same um, following or love that like Trevor Linden has in Vancouver. Because when Trevor Linden was named president, it was almost a move by ownership to win back fans in a time where people were starting to really check out is that what you think might be happening in Calgary like are they hiring Craig Conroy and being like hey like remember when we were in our glory days with like Jerome Craig and all these guys like here he is again taking over the team yeah there's an element of that Mm. Um, because like they did hire uh, it's kind of like unofficially official but like they did say that like they basically hired Jerome Aginla in a some type of supervisory role okay but he's not doing that till after like he's coaching the um, I want to say Kamloops Blazers right now oh so he's in the Memorial Cup yeah okay and his son also just got drafted to the Kamloops yeah I saw that yeah so like I think he's busy with that I don't think he'll be on the staff like this upcoming season we'll we'll see maybe yeah um but yeah it'll be interesting Craig Conroy said all the right things at the press conference which is interesting um I think there's a couple things I want to bring up that I thought was kind of interesting one um he said right off the bat that like the Flames not having a captain for the last three years was a big mistake and that they're going to name one ASAP who do you think that will be um or who do, you, who do you think it should be? Well, those are two different things, so answer both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely should. Uh, it all lies on... So, uh, Elias Lindholm and Mikhail Backlund are both assistant captains right now, mm-hmm. also both UFAs. Okay. So, if... If, uh, if Backlund ends up re-signing... I would make the argument that you make him captain. Okay. I think it maybe should be him or Tanev. Interesting. Okay. Um, but all of the rumors that I'm seeing and all that I'm hearing about who's who they're actually naming, despite who re-signs or what, is Rasmus Anderson. Okay. I can see that. Which is interesting. Um... The Flames also posted on their Facebook the other day, like, they updated their cover photo. Yep. And it was, like, all, like, it was just, like, a mirage of players. Collage? Collage? Mirage? Mirage <laughs> is uh, an image that's not actually there. Yes. Well, that might actually fit. <laughs> yeah, it could um, work. <laughs> but, uh, but both Mikhail Backlund and Elias Lindholm were not included in this collage mirage. Which interesting. Is, which is an interesting... <clears throat> Okay. I mean, it's all speculatory, obviously. Yeah. Do you think it's but mostly but because course, they haven't signed again yet? Probably. Yeah, that mm. would be my guess. Um, Conroy did say that Lindholm is priority number one. I would much rather re-sign Lindholm than Backlund. 
but at the same time, you already have a lot of contracts, a lot of money locked up in Hubi, Uyghur, and Kadri. And word on the street from Elliot Friedman is that Lindholm, as he should, is looking for a Bo Horvat eight times eight, and like they can't afford that. They just simply can't yeah, afford I think, that. I think Lindholm Whether you think he's it. worth it or not. I think Lindholm deserves it more than Bo did. I mean, he's their best center. Yeah. He's arguably their best player. Yeah. Mm, forward. Eh, he's yeah. arguably their yeah. best forward. Yeah. So, um, okay. but like, if you do that, you're really handcuffing yourself if you give him the 8 by 8 You guys currently have 1.25 million in cap space. Correct. So I don't know so, how you do that. But like, you lose Lucic off the books, you lose... That'll be a big one. Ideally, Backland off the books. Um, there's a lot of UFAs. Like, they need to re-sign Oliver Shillington. They need to re-sign... Trevor Lewis is a UFA. I don't know if he played at all for you guys earlier yep. this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick Ritchie, also he's probably yeah, UFA. Um, bye. Yeah, he's probably uh, That was an interesting trade to begin with. Like, you're just trading yeah. brothers. And I would Troy Stetcher Brett. and Michael yeah. Stone are also UFAs. I'm sure they're not making a ton of money, but there's going to be some cap space cleared up. Yeah. But... Um, if you so yeah if I mean if he can figure out a way to make Lindholm stay, then I think that's best that's case scenario. Yeah, the problem too is I think that a lot of the guys that the Flames have locked up long term are are older players. So like Hubie's twenty nine plus twenty nine. Kadri's yeah. in his thirties already. Yeah, I think a lot of these players though, in terms of their creativity and their ability offensively, were handcuffed by. Sutter. style of yeah. hockey that you guys were playing underneath Sutter. And that's not an indictment on Sutter because, like, he can get the job done as a coach. He obviously has in the past. Uh, but I just don't think his style suited them at all. Nope. So I, I think you guys... Honestly, I think Calgary's going to be challenging for the Pacific Division next year. On paper, they should be. Like, I could see and them like, finishing second. And, like... Obviously, that remains to be seen based off... Depending on who they hire as a coach, like... yeah. Huberto yeah, and Kadri are going to have better seasons. Kadri didn't have Huberto, a terrible season. Huberto's yeah, not season. getting 120 points again, but yeah. like he's getting more than 60. <laughs> to touch on the coach so, thing, like, as of 48 hours ago, as of this recording, the names that are being mentioned in your guys' head coaching uh, carousel is Ryan Huska, don't who? know him, Mitch Love, uh, Andrew Brunette, who's also in the running for the Columbus job now. Yeah. He's been mentioned there. Uh, and Gerard Gallant. I thought Brunette was in hot water for something. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah, the only name that should be on that list, in my opinion, is Mitch Love. Who's Mitch Love? So he's the coach of the Wranglers right now. Oh, He's led them to -to back-to-back seasons of the best record in the AHL. And he's been back-to-back AHL coach of the year. Oh, so he's your AHL guy. He's your AHL guy. And, like, what the Flames need that Daryl Sutter, for whatever reason, refused to do is they need... The Jacob Pelches, the Matthew Coronados, the Dustin Wolves to come up and get playing time. And he knows. Sutter doesn't love kids. He knows, yeah. And he knows, Mitch Love knows those players very well. I think that is a benefit. That's exactly what they need is some young blood. Now, my question is do you move. Who's your backup now? Vladar. Vladar, yeah. So does he move on? You move Wolf up. They've got him for two more years, I'm pretty sure, under contract. If, if I'm Craig Conroy, I get on the phone 
and shop offers for Jacob Markstrom. He would be the more valuable one, in my opinion, because he has shown high-end ability. He has shown availability. Contract that will be yeah. tough to move, yeah. right? Like, yeah, but you like even if you do something like uh, this, this trade was brought up, which I didn't like, hate, but didn't lo- like. The two goalies, in my opinion, next year, should be Ladar starting and Dustin Wolf as the backup. Yeah, and doing like almost like a sixty forty split. Yeah. Or at, at the very least, seeing what you got. Like, Dustin Wolf, widely around the NHL for the last few years, has been known as the best goalie prospect in the world. He is the he best was, goalie prospect in the NHL prospect. He was crushing yeah. it in the AHL. Like, oh, he, he was, was fucking unreal. Unbelievable. And, like, he was really good in the playoffs. Like, they almost made it to the championship or the AHL thing. Did they get eliminated? By the um, Seattle Kraken's um, AHL team, yeah. Coachella Valley. Coachella Valley. So for you guys uh, reference, Ryan Huska is an assistant coach for the Kelowna Rockets. Okay. Should be an interesting jump to go from an assistant coach of a WHL team to a head coach in an NHL And team. has he had any experience in the NHL as anything? Yeah, that's a weird uh, one. He played in the NHL, yeah, obviously. I'm not sure how you feel about the Jar Gerard Gallant thing out there. Andrew Brunette is intriguing. Like, he's the one that coached yeah. Jonathan Huberto during his 115-point season. So, like, I mean, maybe Possibly, there yeah. you could find that magic again, but that's a tall ask. Huska was a head coach in the AHL for a period of time for the Flames, the Adirondack Flames, mm-hmm. back in 2014. Uh, he was an assistant coach in Calgary as well in 2018. So, so he's got ideally, history with club. Ideally, Mitch Love, I think, for the benefit of merging your your AHL and the NHL team together would be good for you guys. Just yeah. seems like they're shortlisting a lot of people that have a history with the club. Which is probably the smart way to go, in my opinion. If you bring in someone that knows how your prospects look and have that system translate to the NHL. And have a rapport with them as well. Yeah, like that, that would be smart. Because, like, didn't... <clears throat> Didn't Sutter at one point say, I don't know who Peloche is, what number was he? Like, yep. yeah. just out of touch with everything going on in the organization. Yep. Yeah, when you say stuff like that as well, it just seems like you're like, you don't care yeah. to know them. Oh, like, yeah. They're, they're, exactly be- they're beneath you, guys. I'm a little bit surprised Boost Boudreaux's not on that list at all. Me too. I don't think Boudreaux's going to get another NHL job. Really? Yeah. Is that because. We also thought that about Babcock, and he's like in the front runner for the Rangers. Yeah, so. Well, Babcock shouldn't be coaching in NHL. Is the no. is the Bruce Boudreau thing just because you don't think he wants to do it, or you just don't think he's? I, I think well, it's he's, more that. He's I think the there WWE are teams. Now. He is in the WWE. So. Now. He's a big, <laughs> I think teams would consider him if he threw guy. his hand in the or his hat in the ring. But I just, I feel like I feel like the Vancouver situation took a lot out of him because he, you could tell he put a lot of himself into that. Yeah. And. Like, what you'd want. On, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm a, I, I agree. Like I, I thought he was the right fit there. And I think that Vancouver just was in a transition period, but they were expecting to be a playoff team, which they're not. I think the problem... And they blamed the coach, which is, is an old adage of teams that just don't know what they actually are. They're like, okay, we don't know what we yeah. are, but we're going to blame the coach anyways. I think that the was a problem big is... I'm letting him go, in, I agree. in my opinion. The problem there was that... Bruce Boudreau was not a Jim Rutherford guy. So he did not come in hired by Jim. He wasn't a Patrick Alvin guy. He was hired by Francesco Aquilini and kind of forced into their lap. And like the from, best thing Aquilini's ever done, probably. And from the jump, 
Rutherford was like, that's not our coach. Like, that's not what we want. Like, yeah. And then they started yeah. throwing him under the bus, and it's like, you saw the writing on the wall. And yeah. But you could see, like, it took an emotional oh, toll Oh, fuck on. yeah. And it should have. Like, it was handled super poorly. Yeah. And if... One of the worst head coaching changes I've seen in the I last agree. Like, five to ten years. And if Jim Rutherford didn't want him, then you tell him that at the beginning of the season and be like, hey, like, we're not going to... Finish out the year and then move on yeah. from him. Yeah. Don't fire him mid-season in the way that you did, where you're literally in interviews saying, like, yeah, he's done here. Yeah. Before he even knows that. That's wildly unprofessional. It was awful. So... Yeah, I just think it's more because I don't think he'll want to oh. do that again. Well, what about your coach? We've talked about Flames and Canucks now. Uh, so, like I said, crossover with uh, the Flames news there. Brunette is seemingly come out of nowhere and is the front runner for the job. Uh, for that, Columbus? Yeah, he's the front runner for them when hire him at the moment, from what I've read. Hmm. Um, Vincent Pascal is still in the running. Uh, Babcock is no longer in the running. They've outright said that he's not going to get the job. Uh, the fact that Babcock's even in the running. For uh, yeah, I don't. He shouldn't be me. coaching at all. Even Quinville. Quinville at one point was being considered for someone's job, and I'm like, this guy knowingly was aware of all the shit that was happening in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So according to the athletic, and Stan Bowman is in the conversation to be the Leafs GM, and it's like if you were a part of that Chicago team, you should fucking yeah. not be. You should no. be in jail. Which is why uh, I'm so mad that Bedard went to Chicago? Because fuck that team. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have their first, they shouldn't have had their first round pick. You see, other franchises getting their first round picks taken away for similar issues, not similar issues in, in sense of this, but like similar uh, cultural issues, and they just somehow get away with it and they get the first overall pick. Well, it's it's a big market works. team, and Bettman wants the big market teams to be. No. Continue to be big. So according to Aaron Portsline, uh, in the most uh, recent article, he uh, for those who don't know, Aaron Portsline is like one of the major Columbus Blue Jackets writers out there. Uh, strong candidates are Andrew Brunette, Kirk Mueller. Oh, oh yeah. He's with uh, Montreal right now. Three-year stint with Carolina in 2011-12 to 2013-14, and has been an assistant or associate coach in St. Louis, Montreal, and Calgary. Um, Patrick Waugh. Patrick was an interesting one. Pascal Vincent, who would be an internal hire. Uh, I hate this one a lot. Travis Green. <laughs> I would hate that more than anything. <laughs> I hope you get him. I hate that almost as much as Mike Babcock. Oh, I hope you get Travis Green. Uh, and then the other ones he puts as, it seems unlikely. Uh, LaViolette, I think he's kind of falling out of favor. Babcock, essentially, is just not happening. Uh, and then the category of not happening, but people are mentioning them, is uh, Coach Q, Joe Quinville. Nope. Sergey Fedorov has been uh, mentioned because he had a quite a career with uh, Columbus and <laughs> is uh, coaching. Put that under the list of teams you forgot other players yeah. played for. Yeah, I know. For. I forgot he played for Columbus until someone mentioned it. He's actually one of the better players in the early years of the Blue Jackets organization. What? Uh, he currently coaches in the KHL. Um, he only played yeah. three seasons with them. He all three seasons. He was fantastic, though. Well, he played defense for them. If you're looking at stats right now, Sergey Fedorov played defense. Yes, in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, also, exactly. Put that on the list of things you did not yeah, know. Yeah, he also. He. Kay. I mean, he played a bit of both. I did not that, know that's this. how versatile the guy was. He played for the Anaheim Ducks in 2003, and had 31 goals and 34 assists. Jesus Christ. And then played another season in Anaheim, but only played five games. Clearly injury. Then went to Columbus. 
Yeah, 43 points, 42 points. Wow. 28. And yeah. then played his last two years in Washington with the Capitals. Yeah, he was a bit the of a journeyman same. towards the end there. So he played with... He played on the Capitals the first year that Alexander Ovechkin was drafted. Interesting. But yeah, he's, he's been knew? mentioned in conversations about the head coaching position. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to leave the KHL. No. Uh, he's coaching uh, Saska right now, which is like the biggest club in the KHL, and I don't think he's going to leave there. Uh, I also don't really want to bring him on because I feel like that'll mean we'll take another Russian boy in the draft. Take Matt and, Mitchkov. Yeah, um, Mitchkov, and I don't think he's going to come to the NHL for like two or three years. Do you, what is your response to the uh, rumors out there that um, the Toronto Maple Leafs apparently are shopping Mitch Marner to Columbus for the third round pick. For a third round? Third yeah. overall. Oh, third, third overall, overall for the third, pick. For the third overall pick. Uh, no thank you. Well, it's Mitch Marner and someone else. I heard it was Mitch Marner and a defenseman and another pick. Um, I heard Matthew Nyes could be in that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Still don't know if I love it. For... Also, in the hopes that apparently Toronto like really wants Adam Fantilli. He's not falling to three. Columbus, Columbus doesn't need a winger. Columbus needs a center. Mitch Marner can play center. Yeah, but he's not a true center. Like Columbus has been doing this for the better part of a decade, where they've been taking wingers, true wingers. So what if what, and if, playing centers. what if that player was Austin Matthews instead of Mitch? Then Marner? yes. Interesting. Yeah. We need a center. We need a number one center. We've needed one for almost a decade now. Could what you if that player was of... John Tavares? No. No. I would even say no for him. Yeah. I'm like, no. sorry, I'm going to interject here. So you would take Mitch, or sorry, you would take Matthew... Oh, Matthews. Matthew Marner. Matthews Austin. I was going to say Matthew Marner. Matthew Marner. You would take Matthews in, uh, in knowing that it's potentially a rental. You'd give up that third overall pick, knowing that after he played for you a season, he would be, he's in the UFA and probably looking at close to $15 million a year. Uh, yes, I would. Interesting. I think, I think Matthews, if he were to like slot in that center, I think that would instantly make can you imagine, Columbus a playoff team. Can you imagine Matthews, Goudreau, and Line A on a line? Yeah. Like that I think would be stupid would instantly to do that because you need to team. split them up, but like. That'd be, that'd be a fun line. That power play unit would be gnarly. Yeah. Not yeah. going to happen, but, uh. And sorry, going back to the captain thing, I don't know if you ever like outright answered it. Who should and who will be the captains in Calgary? Because I don't know if you actually ever answered that. He outright. said he wanted Chris Taylor. Um, do I? No, he's been in the running. Oh, he's been in the running. Um, so who is, should is and who this, will? Is this? Uh, is this um, including if Backlund and Lindholm resign? Yes. If who, they both who, do, resign. who do you want to be the captain? In your who, ideal world. Yeah. Uh, I think Backlund deserves it. Um, but I would give it I would give it to Tanev Tanev? And do, who do you think will end up being the captain? Rasmus Anderson Okay In terms of the Blue Jackets coaching I'm hoping they go with Brunette I'd like to see him Also they don't have a captain either do they? Uh, Boone Jenner Boone right. Jenner BJ um, It's the Canucks that don't have a captain Correct. And it's going to be Elias Patterson, right? Like, they should name that this year? It won't be Elias. Who? It'll be Quinn. Really? He's an A already, isn't he? They're both... They both got A's as soon as Bo left. But as far as everything that I've heard Tockett say, um, as soon as Bo left, Quinn became a very vocal leader in the room. 
and Elias really hates talking. I mean, you can tell by the <laughs> by the commercials he's been on. That one where he helped, uh, he was on a commercial for a, a local car dealership. Yeah, the he probably. looked visibly uncomfortable talking. So, huh. Elias isn't really that kind of leader. He's like a lead by I example. Think he's a lead guy. by example kind of guy. Whereas Quinn is is willing to speak up and he spoke up in terms of when Tanner Pearson's news came out as his surgeries were botched and he came out and he's like we as a team fucked up kind of thing like called out the team so that uh, we need to be better hmm. um, so he's not afraid of doing that I think I think if he's the captain I'm cool with it that's not yeah. really the worst way to go that's apparently exactly what Rasmus Anderson does as soon as Kachuk was like this whole last year he was the guy yeah so giving everyone shit in the room He's really the one that would make sense to me. He's also signed long-term. Um, He's also your best trade piece. I don't think you move... I think you, you'd be dumb to move a player like that. Like, each team... Every team is looking for a player that dynamic on their back end. Yeah. Um, and they don't come very often. I think there's a small part of Quinn Hughes that wants to go play in New Jersey. I think it's a small part of the other two Hughes that want to go to Vancouver. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but I want to circle back to the Blackhawks thing. <clears throat> yes, it would. Um, did you guys hear those comments from Andrew Shaw? Yes, oh. I did. He's, what he's a an idiot. piece of garbage that If I was is. in that position, I would have punched him. Yeah, because that's totally what happens. He also said that he wouldn't have put himself in that position. Yeah. You're a fucking 18-year-old kid trying to make your dreams come true. How You're going to go ignorant. work with the fucking coach, the video coach. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ever think Andrew Shaw was an overly intelligent human being. I didn't think he was a good person, but apparently he's probably <laughs> I, worse than I thought. I looked at him and I saw like three rocks rolling around in his head and that was what I thought of him as in terms of intelligence, but yeah. like this is just wildly ignorant to yeah. say. Like just I, don't say there's it. There's no comment on it. Like, think stop, take a breath, think about it for like ten to fifteen seconds. Would this offend literally everyone involved? Don't say it. Yeah, yeah I remember Stupid. I like read that and I was just like, you're a, you're a moron. Yeah. Like, you are so yeah. dumb. He doesn't think that Quinville should be vilified for it. It's like, you... I mean, everybody in that organization knew what was happening. He's discounted yeah. his own opinion by saying that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of morons with awful quotes, Jamie Benn. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was... It's <laughs> wild. That was so, one of the most... That was one of the most ridiculous quotes I've ever seen. And then I have to shout out Frank Zarbali. I don't know if you saw his reply on Twitter. I didn't. So Did the, quote, the quote about Jamie Benn came out. Um, I guess we should say it for the people. I don't know it off by hand, but... He basically said that he shouldn't have used his stick... Stick as a landing point. Or shouldn't have used stone as a landing point, falling his with his stick. stick. And then Frank Zarbali tweeted, "Is I should use my fork because it's making me so fat." <laughs> oh, I did see and that. I that was that so was funny. Fucking hilarious. Um, Stone really shouldn't have put his face there. Like I, I blame yeah. Stone one hundred percent. It's all Mark face. Stone's fault. Yeah, yeah. move your face. Um, Don't be in the way of a stick. Like hockey one hundred and one. Yeah, if you're laying, if you're laying on the ice, you and should the always stick be is coming your way. Like you move for a cross check to hit you in the bat in the. <laughs> fucking jaw um good times man like Jamie Ben what are you thinking I mean essentially he did get a three game suspension because he left that game yeah that game and, and that was, was like, like the first shift period game. yeah no it was like his first shift oh was it his first shift oh fuck um and I still don't think that's enough I have the quote for he should Jamie be suspended ben for the rest of the series I uh, mean well I guess 
I thought it was going to be, but they well, are fighting. We back. all did. So Jamie Benn's response on that uh, unsaid hit was, obviously didn't want to take a five-minute penalty, but when the game happens fast, emotions are high. Obviously, I would have liked to not fall on him, and I guess I guess use my stick as the landing point. <laughs> we'll probably go through the whole play starting from our end, and I'll try and tell them how I was feeling and what was going on with the situation. I'll tell them how so, I was feeling. So the game happens fast, but when Mark Stone falls below you, and you stand up straight and take a good three to four seconds. You can see him rear back with his stick yeah. on it. And then... Go down on him. Yeah. Go down on him. Not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, are we going to laugh about this? We are. Yes. we're children. <laughs> we are men. We are man-children. Yes. Man-child. Um, yeah. Fuck Jamie Ben. And what's what I think is very interesting about this is that... So... Um, that was game three, correct? Mm -hmm. So, Jamie Ben goes out. They scored two goals on that five-minute major. And then by the time, like, uh, they score a third one right after. And by that time, like, the game's over. Yeah. What I find interesting is that uh, since that incident, Jamie Ben has not played the last two games. And As he, he should Dallas Stars have suddenly have a new life and have won. So, like, yeah. there were some people, def there were some teammates, as they maybe should, or as I would expect, like, defending what Jamie Benn did, Joe Pavelski being one of them. I mean, you have to be vocal about defending your teammates, unless it's, like, wildly egregious. I think it is, but... That's as wildly I just find a hard time it's, being, it's, like... It's a, hockey, it's a hockey culture thing. Like, you come out and you defend your teammates, regardless if they did something stupid or not, unless it's, like... But do you not think Way it's interesting that you lose your captain for two days who's apparently you're like your leader in the room and suddenly now you have life? Yeah. I think... I don't necessarily think it has to do with Jamie Benn. It has, has to do with the fact that they're not giving really, really bad giveaways on the defense Could that be Jamie Benn having... Was he giving... I mean, they're they're doing it across... They were doing it across the board throughout the first Like they're taking like less penalties. Really, really bad one. giveaways. Yeah, like especially I mean, majors. And I also think it we, helps that Jamie Benn's not around, but I think the main reason why they're playing better is because they're the actually point. not having bad giveaways. And, then, and the Knights had a lot, 25 or something last game. Yeah. Like, it was just like... And then future Vesna winner Jake Ottinger is also playing well. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing okay. Uh, I, FYI, I for, I for those listening, this isn't just a argument for the podcast. This happens in our argument for life. We are all incessant. the time. But <laughs> well, it got heated the last, not heated, but like. I sent multiple paragraphs. Um, <laughs> to which I just stand by yeah. and I read and I I laugh. see the double blue check mark and in WhatsApp I, and Adolfo says nothing. And yeah. then I, I chime in when it moves on from, from yeah. Jake yeah. Ottinger. So this isn't just for the podcast. It's it's a life thing. Nope. It's, it's it what happens we live constantly. with. Maybe someday Adam will have a better opinion about Ottinger. Well, Until then, maybe we'll someday Jack Ottinger will play better and One actually day. deserve a Vesna. Or a Con Smythe, for that matter, because he's not even the best player on the Stars right now. No. There, if there they, is no good player on the Stars right if now. If they win the That's Cup, not true. it would be Rupe Hintz. Okay, Rupe Hintz. Heiskanen has also played really well this season. Yeah, Heiskanen, Pavelski. Pavelski has been more like the last round and a half, but just because he was injured. Heiskanen's so fucking good. Yeah. 
You have to admit, what I will say that's very interesting about Jake Ottinger, just in, just in this playoffs specifically, is that when he's like, I think I told this to you a while ago before our little yeah. thing on on the thing is like, <laughs> Jake, thing on the thing. Jake Ottinger in his wins, these playoffs, it's like astounding the difference in numbers in his wins and in his losses. Like I don't have it up next to me, but it's like, it's like a pretty clear like two hundred point save percentage difference yeah. between like when it's very cl- I think it's like one sixty five or one sixty three difference or something. Well, like he's that. a seven hundred goaltender when they're losing, and when they're winning, he's a nine hundred. Yeah, basically, so like it's just like. I mean, either he, I don't know what that, is happening. That is a lot of goalies, though. That is, goalies are head cases. They are hot and cold, and like we've said before, like you can win a cup based off of a goalie just getting hot. Bob. Yeah. Goalie Bob. Bob, 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 he looks like, like old Bob. Bobrovsky at this point, like, depending on what happens to the Panthers in the cup final, he's on, like, J.S. Shiger, like, Conn Smythe winner, even if they lose yeah, territory. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, it's pretty... Nice. I don't necessarily think the Conn Smythe winner should have to be from the Stanley Cup winning team. I think most more often than not it does because that's because you're leaning on that player so heavily. But, like, for a performance like this, like you're saying from Bob, even if they lose in, like, five, six yeah. games in like the, the Cup... Like the Flames in 2004. He deserves it. Kiprasov should have gone yeah. to Conn Smythe instead of... I don't think you should have to win the Cup to get to uh, Conn Smythe. Ruslan no. Fedotenko, for all those out there, won the Conn Smythe in 2004. Who is that, you ask? Don't even recognize that name. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't even know who... Yeah. He had a cool fucking... Fedotenko. Fedotenko. Um, I'm going to guess he's Russian. Well, yeah, of course. Ruslan Fedotenko in 2004 with the... Is he Russian? Yeah. He has... Like, he wasn't even that impressive. But, like, in their cup run, in their 22 games played, he had 12 goals and 2 assists. But I think it was at least 3 of those 12 goals were game winners, which included the Stanley Cup final game winner. Yeah. So I like, mean, that's why. A bunch of game winners. But, like, Mika Kiprasov, like, the Flames wouldn't have been there without him. Yeah. yeah. Or Martin Jelenau. Martin Jelenau. Anyway. Winner's bias, right? Um, should we... I guess it's tough to... We don't know who the Panthers are facing yet, so... Yeah. Maybe let's go, we because this is, this is maybe our last recording for a, while. a week and a half. Um, and I would assume we're do, not going to record immediately upon your landing, so it'll probably be like two weeks before... Yeah. yeah. Um, Should we give scenarios for both? Yeah. Okay. I mean, do the, do the, do, do the Knights or the Stars beat Florida at this point? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think... Personal bias for Jake Ottinger's side, I don't think they win, even if they advance. If Dallas ends up reverse sweeping here, yeah. I think Florida wins in five. Yay. I don't, I don't think it'll be that. I don't. I bad. think Florida wins in five. I just don't see... Like, I think it'll be six is, games regardless of the opponent. I think this takes a lot out of Dallas. Like, this is exhausting to have to, have to win every game going yeah. in. Um, if Vegas wins, I think it's Florida in seven. I have a very hard oh, time seeing Florida losing. Yeah. You think Vegas is I that would, much better than Dallas, eh? I would say the exact opposite. I think in matchup, yeah. I would say if it's Vegas, it's 
arguably a sweep and maybe five. And if it's Dallas, it's going the distance. I think it's Florida and six against either team. Dallas is a better team than mm-hmm. Vegas. Uh, on paper. Outside of defensively, yes. Yeah, I think I just... the defensive core in Vegas, them in, in terms of the teams that made the playoffs this year, Vegas and Carolina had the two best defensive cores. I just think Dallas is going to run out of gas. I think I mean, they're just, you can see they already were at the beginning of the series. That's and now why they're they having to play like super intense. Like they yeah. have to win every game going forward. And they needed a fourth liner to score and two goals in a minute. To yes. And Florida sitting back night. resting Delan- right Ty- now. Was it Delandria? Ty Delandria. Yeah. yeah. Whereas which is Florida, weird to see his name twice in a scoring sheet. Florida's <laughs> resting and ready to go, right? So I yeah. think I think they come out with guns a blazing and they really take it to. Sometimes to you Dallas. will say there is a downside to having that much rest, but I also think just because of the moment, the momentum that they have from beating like Boston, Toronto. And Carolina, I don't necessarily think that's going to come into play here. I the think plans have been really good for Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, it's honestly, it's not great to sit around for this long, but I still do think Florida wins in six I mean, against either team. The longer the series goes, the better for Florida because these teams are just beating the crap out of each other. I mean, I think it's good in that sense, yeah. but I think it's bad because they have so much downtime. I think you can look at it in both ways. I think the, I think if this ends up going seven, the Stars and Vegas series. Like, Florida has had almost too much time to sit on this high of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. I it's just a matter be, of maintaining it, I right? would be almost willing to guarantee you, no matter what happens, Florida loses game one. Interesting. I would not be surprised by that whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just because I think the high is yeah. losing. It's kind of gone. It's they'll, they'll have to, like, get back in the The best case scenario for Florida would have been if Vegas swept. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. be as much downtime, but it would be... Good for them in terms of like maintaining this wave that they're riding. Yeah, I mean the playoffs have quickly like they've gotten easier for Florida as they've gone on. They took out the best team, took out the second best team, and then swept. I think Carolina, Carolina. was what four yeah. in standings. If I'm so not like correct. it's not like the, their playoff is. Uh, has let's not remember. Tournament. I heard this on another podcast, but let's not forget that Florida shouldn't even be here because they backed they were, into the playoffs. They were talking about this scenario where. Because Pittsburgh lost, Pittsburgh lost yeah. to the Blackhawks yeah. is the reason why Florida's even in the playoffs. Yeah, correct. And they Otherwise, it would have been Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which is, Thomas Drance is a guy that writes for the Canucks and he writes for the Athletic, Athletic. And he is one of those guys that is not a believer of getting the playoffs and anything can happen. Florida is I proof of... I don't understand how you can not believe that. Florida he is proof of... He never watched hockey before? Oh, he's he's wild. Wild guy. Um... <laughs> Nice, Florida is nice proof of like, opinions. Florida getting in and being like, hey, like, anything can happen. We're going to take out the first place team. Cool. We're going to take out the second best team. Done. Yeah. Take out Carolina. Four. So They're doing what my, the teams my did. My point that I said where Carolina was four and Toronto was two was reversed. Toronto finished fourth in the league. Carolina was second. Toronto finished fourth? Yeah. So they beat Boston, obviously, in, what was it? It was seven, right? Yeah, that yeah. series. So uh, they beat Toronto in five. five, which is number four in the league, and then they beat Carolina in four, which is number two in the league, and then Vegas is five. So they, <laughs> they swept. Carolina. That might be the and hardest Carolina run to a Stanley Cup if they end up playing Vegas. So they play the one, two, four, and five teams in the league. So I'm looking at this it's here. A pretty fucking. So three, they take out three, three? New, Ju- New, New Jersey, Jersey New Jersey, New Jersey. So Carolina, Carolina takes out number three. So like in a weird way, they've just kind of gone. They've one, swept two, three, the top four. five, yeah. If they win the Stanley Cup. If they win the Cup. 
Dude, what a run this has been. So something that I've been saying about Florida that I think is very interesting because, like, talking about them, like, backing into the playoffs is they are more or less a better team on paper than they were last year when they were one of the best offensive teams, the teams in, in the league. Uh, I think the biggest thing for them is that they came into this playoffs with absolutely zero pressure on them, absolutely zero expectations, whereas last year they were supposed to, like, oh, they're going to win the cup, they're going to run right through everyone, and they've just been free to play without any pressure. If I was in the NHL, I'd never want to win the Presidents. But that's also yeah, the same exactly. thing with, like, Boston, right? Boston came in with all the pressure, having the most historic season in the NHL. They went up 3-1 and lost. And lost. Like, there is something to be said about going in with momentum, yeah. but also something to be said about going in with no a pressure at shit all. ton of pressure and no yeah. pressure at all. Yeah. How do you think Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weaver feel right now? Oh, they're thrilled. Yeah. They're probably golfing. Yeah. They're having a good time. They're collecting. Yeah. I mean, they'll be a play, they'll be their team next year. If I was Jonathan Huberdeau, I'd be clinically depressed <laughs> at this moment in time. <laughs> I'd be like, I, I was there. I mean, Could if you're playing the Saddle Dome, that's fair. Oh. <sighs> That's where dreams go to die. Yeah, pretty That's much. Fair. Yeah. Um, I'd like to just point out that um, pint two of this on the Chin West Coast IPA, and I'm still crushing it. Yeah, yeah I might bump this. this up to an eight now. <laughs> so you're going from it a seven point five to an eight. It is getting better. Yeah. It's a delicious beer. Honestly, I quite like this. Really, really good beer. Yeah. I'm staying with my same rating. Yeah. One, so. I like eight point eight. Eight point eight's good. It's not. Um, it's not the it. best West Coast I've ever had, but it's fucking good. But go buy it. Yeah. Definitely go buy it. Go visit the new tasting room. I we definitely need to. Yeah, we need to go to prison. I popped in there the we other day, so I will say this. I hadn't been there since they opened until Friday, and I went there twice on Friday because I walked down there on my lunch break, and I walked down there after work to have a beer. Well, a beer. A beer. Life on the row. Um, Life on the row. You have yeah. your choice. So go follow them. Their Instagram is brave.tales. What do we think of the backwards... Lettering? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking interesting. I like the can to begin with, but I do think that the Brave backwards is a... From what I've been told, uh, and I believe it was Tim LaHaye from Barley Merchant that told me this, is they have it backwards, so when you're looking in the mirror, it reads forwards. Do you have a mirror? No, I don't. <clears throat> and that was yeah, the, that, that, was, that was the purpose yeah. of them doing that. So um, when you're wearing it and you're looking in the mirror at yourself, it says Brave. Because cool. all of their things are like, all the mm. names of their uh, beers are like acts of bravery and stuff gotcha. like that. It's one of those what, things that look taking risks. cool on like merch, I think. Um, like you see some of those like sports teams now with like the like the mm -hmm. the wording exactly like this backwards. Yeah. Um, so I didn't like I don't it have at first. Else to say <laughs> I, just, I, will, I will say this initially. I, don't love it, I did I don't not like it. it. Yeah, but. When I heard the reasoning for it, I appreciate it. So That's one thing true. I'm going to say right now that. is I went to bakery probably two or three times. And every time I was like, everything sounded good in theory. Like all their beers sounded like they would be delicious. They never hit the mark. This is probably the first time I've had a beer from that general location that I'm like, this is a tasty beer and I want to go back. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. So for your guys' reference, like in terms of like being brave, like all the acts and stuff like that, like... Their hazy IPA is called First Date. Because you got to be brave to go on a first date, right? No, well, man. Yeah. You just go on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. They had a West Coast AA IPA called Guts and Glory. Mm -hmm. uh, Break a Leg, German Pilsner. 
<laughs> uh, stiff upper lip, pomegranate sour. Not for me. Also, a one for the team. Hazy pale ale. Yeah, it is. Very good song. Uh, Bare knuckles, dark lager. Last one standing, amber lager. Grace under pressure, lager. Hmm. And under pressure. Yeah. Cans do look really nice. I like. The, I, I like the colors. A I lot. like the striping and like the. Yeah. The, Something the I would definitely consider like. It's just clean yeah. and nice looking. Like, it's not... It catches your eye. Yeah. Like you like, look at it and you're like, ooh, what's that? And the colors catch you, and if they're all different colors... And they but all it's not, like, super, like, bright and vibrant, like, in-your-face no, kind just, of thing. It's just, like, subtle, but it's noticeable it's, at the it's same time. It's appealing. It's aesthetically yeah. appealing. Yeah. I, I like their branding a lot. Something to keep in mind. There you go. Yeah. Well... Go, go check them out. Go down to the rail. Hit up Brave. Yep. Hit up the other breweries. Drink responsibly. Get avoid, home safe. Avoid Yellow Dog. Yeah. Primarily so. because of me. Yeah. I'm actually unbearable in prison. <laughs> and on the podcast. <laughs> and on the podcast. <laughs> well, well, does that wrap it up for us? Adios, muchachos. Adios. See you all in a Not hot the other minute. Side, eh? Couple mezcals deep and tacos. I'll be a couple mezcals Cactus deep ta- before I get off the plane. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'll try and I'll see what's what's out there. So are you going to respond more or less on vacation in the WhatsApp group? Oh, a thousand percent less. Which, for everyone's reference, is basically zero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm already at, what's my ratio? I don't know, one one response per 25 texts? Uh, I think that's generous. (laughs) (laughs) I see the blue check marks a lot and no response from Adam. You'll know if I start responding a lot. Either that you're drunk. Jake Ottinger has done something bad or good. Well, I thought you were going to say you were drunk on a beach. Or I've had many a mess <laughs> yeah. in my yes. body. Yeah. Well, okay. Cool. Well, all praise be to thine dog pound. Mm. Spear is good. Sports. Are fun. Yeah, they are. Bring on the two bases. Bring on the sports. Viva, my man.